Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, J.P. Plant with you here on this Wednesday. What a day, what a day. A beautiful day it has been. Excited about uh, our next segment as we get a chance to talk to Heather Williams of WCYB-TV about a little NASCAR, and we are just a few weeks away now from the ally 400 so is that a is that a rotary phone ringing in the background heather <laughs> i actually got, think that might be my cell phone oh <laughs> okay well it's a it, it sounded like an old landline like <laughs> i was like okay that's that's interesting enough but uh, heather williams wcyb tv how are you i'm doing well how are you Doing good. I'm old school, man. I gotta have the I love old school it. ringtone. Oh, we were I was talking about that with somebody earlier today about, about landlines. Like, when's the last time you made a phone call from a landline? Like, I don't remember the last time I made a phone call from a landline. So my mom still has her her landline phone. Oh, there you go. Uh the last landline call I made would have been sometime in March of twenty twenty. Yeah. Before we got Sent home and yeah. didn't get to come back, back ever. Yeah. <laughs> Never got the chance yeah. to come back. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I haven't had a landline in my house since 2001. So. Wow. It took me a little longer to get rid of ours, but then I realized that the only people that were calling me were either solicitors or bill collectors, neither of which I want to talk to anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. So, right. so, so it wasn't any big deal getting rid of it. It's a lot easier to get rid of if, if if nobody knows the phone number except the the, the telemarketers. I barely remember what it was. I, you know, it's funny. I do you do you remember your childhood phone number? Because I, I do remember my, my I remember my childhood phone number because my parents still have it. Oh. Yeah, that's what I was to say. My that's mom still has hers, the same one I had as a kid, so I still know it. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, mine was not that. I, my dad does not have it, but that's interesting. Oh well, you know that's. Definitely not about NASCAR, but <laughs> it's, well, I mean, you know. We knew you'd come back fault. at some point. No, it's no, okay. I, I it's just Chris's a, fault. I just made a left turn. Yeah. So make I don't three, get a ding on make, that. Make three more. No, we don't have dings. <laughs> That's remember? right. We, have, we don't have dings anymore. What happened? To the, this is no Work good. Work on some new toys. <laughs> All right. Anyway, the. Ding. Thank yeah, you. There you go. Thank you. The Enjoy Illinois 300 presented by Ticket Smarter. This is the worst. This may be the worst NASCAR race name in the history of time, Heather. Oh, no. You haven't been a fan very long then. There's been some bad ones. I don't know. I mean, there's been some weird wasn't ones. There one, wasn't there one in Kansas like last year or the year before that was like the Racy McRace Face 400 yeah, or something like that? Yeah, but that's funny. This no, is it's just not. dumb. It's terrible. <laughs> I. If you I know, I guess if you like know the one. backstory behind Racy McRace face, that that makes sense. But it, it's it's a it's a meme, right? So it's goofy. There was also this one called like the Your Name Here four hundred. I don't remember that one. I of course, there you I have to. Was, you also have to remember, I wasn't a NASCAR fan <laughs> for about twenty years in between the nineties and two thousand fourteen. I so. think it was when I think it was like a Crown Royal sponsored race, and they let somebody have a contest where they got to put their name on the race. Oh, okay, kind of like the what was the bowl game? The Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. 
that we had last year. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, it just this is just a this is just a dumb name. I, I enjoy Illinois three hundred, and we're we're doing it. You know. I, anyway, on top of everything else, it was a fantastic race, one of the best races of the year, and then it's ruined by Joey Logano and Kyle Busch finishing one two. <laughs> oh come on! It's burnt. <laughs> They weren't it. I mean, that's a subjective opinion, but I'll tell you what, Joey Logano is darn good at going to these tracks that NASCAR's never been to before mm -hmm. and winning. He won the first dirt race at Bristol. He won the race at the Coliseum. Now he run he won this race at Gateway, the first uh Cup Series race at Gateway. So, I mean, whatever it is, he's able to go in where nobody's raced before and come out with a win. Yeah, I, and that's, you know, one of the things about Logano is that he he's, and, and we talked about this with, uh, you know, just the fact of being a a veteran and understanding how, how to survive at places that you've not uh, raced at before. Because, you know, it takes an entire team to be able to make sure you're your crew is right. Your tires are right. Your, you know, your car set up correctly for a place like that. And and this 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 team and and Penske does a phenomenal job at, at this. And they always seem to be at the top of the heap when there are a lot of unknown factors going in. Absolutely. Well, I was told, and I don't know if it's the case this past weekend at St. Louis, but I was told that he put specific emphasis on winning the race, dirt race at Bristol and winning the race at the Coliseum. Like, he absolutely wanted to be the guy that said, I won the first one of these. So hmm. where I don't know that other people put as much emphasis into those particular races. So, I mean, it's something that's important to him and it's paid off every time he's tried to do it. Yeah, no question. Uh, well, I mean, and then you look at, you know, his teammate, Ryan Blaney, you, you had him uh, pegged in this one and finished fourth, you know, top five finish. That's that's what you expect from uh, from this team. And and then Austin Sendrick at, at 11, so just missed the top 10. Penske was uh, rolling, uh, as we yeah, have seen. Yeah, the Fords were really good this weekend. Yes, they were. I mean, <laughs> All of them. They were, they were, yeah, they were really good. Even Michael McDowell was running well. I mean, they, they are they – are, it's really funny because you're starting to see which cars are, are good at which configurations and the shorter tracks, the Fords are really good. You know, I, I was, I was, I was reading through some NASCAR news and for, for whatever reason, I just keep coming back to, to Ross Chastain and track house because it's this team has just been unreal all season long. Nobody expected this team in the, you know, essentially its first year to be anywhere near where they have found themselves. And, you know, I, I, I wanted to ask you, do you think it is because of their pedigree at the top or is Ross Chastain and, you know, Daniel Suarez, are, are they, the reason that this is happening, or is it just a perfect marriage of uh, crew ownership and drivers? Well, I think it's a combination of things. I think for starters, I think that people underestimated what the one team and Ross Chastain were capable of because they were switching organizations. But that is the exact same team from crew chief to tire changer to engineer to everything that was running the in the 
um, car last year at Chip Ganassi Racing. Mm -hmm. So in the 42. So they've been together now for a season and a half. And, you know, Ross was in the Chip Ganassi organization longer than that. So I think that they're ahead of development what people thought they were going to be purely because people didn't take that into consideration. Like this team's been together for a while now. Um, but I also think it has a lot to do with Justin Marks and 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 Ty Norris and, and the way that those guys at Trackhouse Racing set up that organization. I think um, because they've all been a part of organizations that have been great successes, they've also been a part of organizations that have not been great successes. They've taken that experience and set these guys up in the best possible position to win and and it's paid off i mean they didn't have to make the mistakes that 2311 is making right now um because they've been there done that they've all been a part of other organizations and management and so forth so they're just ahead of the game as most new teams because they're new really in name only gotcha and that that makes a lot of sense i've i've been impressed with them all year long and oh they're impressive what they're doing is really impressive they're and Daniel Suarez, I think, is going to get a win this year. Like, I think even though that the performance of the 99 team has tailed off a little bit here in the middle part of the season, I think that, you know, the right track and the right situation, they've, they're they up front enough that they're going to find a win or a win's going to find them. Yeah, I mean, he won a stage at, at, at Charlotte. I mean, that's yeah. pretty darn impressive in and of itself. Yeah. So. Yeah. This week we had – we have two out of the next three races will be courses. And – this week it's in California. They head to Sonoma, where I guess the those of us uh, who were not fans from 1998 to 2018 have not seen this uh, particular setup of Sonoma with the shoot, and they are bringing it back, and a lot of folks are happy. Yeah, there's a lot of drivers that haven't driven this. I just got off a, a call uh, for my race show for next week uh, with Tyler Reddick and, and he's never driven it in this configuration. So I think it's going to be a, a new experience for a lot of drivers to drive it this way. It should be faster. It should make the race a little bit more entertaining. Um, not that Sonoma needs much more entertaining. I personally like it. It's probably my favorite of the road courses because um, it's a little more technical, but it's wide enough for cup cars. Like I think sometimes, um, some of the road courses aren't really made for, for cup cars or made for, you know, um, Indy cars or F1. or F1 or whatever, rally cars, whatever. And so, um, but I think this is a really good car for the cup series to run. And I, I really enjoy this race. And uh, it's also a race where you can see a few tempers fly for sure. And considering how uh, Ross Chastain, speaking of, made so many best friends last week in oh, St. Yeah. Louis, <laughs> yeah, he... this is a place where it could come back to him. <sighs> Man, things got a little tense. They they really did. That was, but you know, it that's that's what makes NASCAR fun. The These funniest are, thing of the whole thing for me was watching Chase Elliott fans and Denny Hamlin fans unite because you know, they hate each other. They do, you know. But it, well, everyone hates Denny Hamlin. If you're if you're a fan of Denny, you typically don't have a whole lot of friends. I mean, I like Denny Hamlin. I like him fine. I just. I know that he, <laughs> he, he is Bubba Wallace. He is. So a, Bo should like him. He's a, I don't have a problem with him, but, but I, I, he's polarizing though. He's he is very polarizing. polarizing. <laughs> he, yeah. And so it's interesting to watch anybody, uh, <laughs> kind of side with Denny 
as but especially Chase Chase fans. Yeah, especially Chase, Chase Elliott fans. They've got a history. They don't like each other. But it was it was amusing. But I think that the road course this week should has a possibility to create more of those kind of rivalries because it's it's. I wrote a, a column a few years ago about uh, short tracks, uh, road courses being the new short tracks. Because there seems to be as much bumping and running and, and as much beating and banging on the road courses as there are at the short tracks these days. No, I, I wonder. There has been a shift in not just the style, but the ability to drive these courses in the last few years. Is, is it because, you know, the, these drivers have been running, you know, different types of, uh, of styles before they get to the cup or, it, what's making them, you know, what's making these races so much more entertaining than they were in the late nineties? Well, for starters, you can't take any races off. I mean, there was a time where guys didn't want to run road courses. So they just go find themselves Boris said, or, or um, Scott Pruitt or one of those guys and put them in the car and, and run and you get your owner points and move on. But the way the point structure is now, you have to be good at road courses. There's way too many of them and they're way too important if you're trying to make the playoffs to blow off. So drivers have had to elevate their game in order to be competitive at the road courses in order to be able to compete for championships. So I think that's a lot of it. And I think too, that, you know, I talked years ago to, to Clint Boyer about this. I think that once they actually applied themselves they actually found out that it was kind of fun and they enjoyed it and they enjoyed running this style of track. And, you know, Clint for one actually became a pretty good road course racer, which you never would have expected that from his background. But, you know, it's just, you had every point and every stage point is so important. Now the way the playoffs are structured, you cannot be bad at any track you have to be. And they go, we talked about this before with Bubba Wallace, but there's more drivers, but he's a really good example. You cannot be competitive for a championship if you are not good at every kind of track. It makes a lot of sense. Kyle Larson, who won the race uh, last year, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yes. you know, he's, he said that this is a, uh, a place where you're going to be bouncing over curves and, and, you know, cars, cars, cars will move around and that sort of thing. And the last, uh, the last winner of, this particular setup with the shoot was Martin Truex Jr. So with that being said, what do we expect this weekend? Uh, you think the the typical Hendrix cars will be up front? Well, I think they're, you always have to assume that Hendrix cars are going to be up front because they're just that good and that uh, good of an organization. But I really think that you, you know, without have not seeing them out on the track yet, I think that the Toyotas, um, will probably be pretty good because their drivers are all really good on the road courses. Denny Hamlin mentioned Truex. Christopher Bell's only wins on the road course. Kyle Busch is very good on the road course. Kirk Busch is very good on the road courses. Bubba, not so much. But the rest of the Toyota drivers are pretty good on the road courses. So I look for Toyota drivers to be up front. And I think that Martin Truex Jr. is very close to getting his first win of the year. And you mentioned he's the last guy that won on this configuration. So I think I would probably go with Truex. But given the fact that this is the next-gen car and the, and the new configuration, I mean, it's kind of a wild card. I don't really know what to expect. But I like a guy with experience like Truex for sure. As long as he doesn't try to get payback to Ross Chastain too, too quickly. <laughs> well, there's going to 
be a long line to, to Ross Chastain, so <laughs> you may have to wait a few weeks. <laughs> that would be just take a fun. ticket, take a seat, huh? <laughs> there we go. Take a number. There's going to be a few. Man, that's that's uh, as long as it's before the playoffs. I'm not. I, I'm not sure. I care. Oh man. Well, you know, it could be like uh, like uh, Kevin Harvick last year trying to get payback on uh, Chase, and then he got so nervous he wrecked himself. Right. That was. <laughs> so. At Charlotte, that was one of the more amusing things I've seen. <laughs> I'll tell you, this this year has seen a lot of skirmishes. I mean, they, more than normal. I don't know if well, it was but- because they couldn't talk to each other during COVID, so they just finally got face to face, and then they're they're taking a bunch of frustration. I just think the cars out. are so equal. The cars yeah. are so equal and so tight that you know you're having to make evasive moves and moves that you probably wouldn't have made in the old car and do things cut people off or cut them close or slide job them or any of the moves that you have to bump and run that you guys wouldn't have done in the past and i think especially when you look at a guy like ross who's super aggressive anyway and people kind of take exceptions to the way he drives guys that aren't that aggressive are super or even more annoyed the fact that he's amped up his his aggressiveness could could you imagine the tim richmond and 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 Dale Earnhardt Sr. in these cars, mm. <laughs> always being around everybody. Uh, yeah, oh no, in, in such a tight. Oh, it would it would yeah. be brutal. It, it would be, be great. Oh, it would be <laughs> it would be phenomenal racing. It, it would just be a, a lot worse than it even is now. So and there would be yeah. fights. <laughs> oh, all the every fights. weekend, all the fights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Heather Williams, WCYB TV. As always, we appreciate your time and looking forward to talking to you next week. Yeah, fun as always, guys. Oh, that's great. Actually, you won't be talking to her. I will not, but somebody will. JP, what are we going to do? Oh, we can uh, can talk a little cars. Call your redneck friends. Yeah, I've been to a NASCAR race or two. Okay, well, good. Well, it's it's (laughs) Nashville week. That's right. So all we'll have to do is wind Heather up and say go, and just, she'll be just, just fine. Point, just point, point yeah. and shoot, huh? She she's nodding. She's still listening. She's ready. <laughs> well, good. Rest your voice up, Heather. <laughs> we'll talk a little high school news when we come back on Main Street Sports. Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Y'all stick around after this.